Ministry of Defence during the war. The weight of literature on this issue chiefly reflects the media's inflated view of its own importance in war. We believe that any government has a right and probably a duty to conceal information that might be of value to any enemy when the outcome of a war is at stake. Such a right might even embrace deliberate deception. That said, in the Falklands, as in much of the Gulf War, the military authorities on the ground enjoyed a virtual monopoly of communication. This is unlikely to be repeated in the age of the portable satellite phone. Much investigation has been devoted to what supposedly went wrong in the conduct of the fighting. This has suffered from hindsight, notably the completeness of the eventual British victory, and from an exaggerated lay expectation of how military units perform in combat. Wars rarely go according to plan. If they are lost, every decision was a mistake. If they are won, every excess on the part of the eventual victor was a barbarity. The much-publicized casualties at Goose Green, including the death of two Paras CO, Lieutenant Colonel Jones, indeed arose from what has been criticized as a reckless political battle. The bombing of Sir Galahad and Sir Tristram stemmed from sins of commission and omission by middle-ranking officers. Yet battles cannot be scrutinized like peacetime train crashes. War is characterized by uncertainty, surprise, and overcaution, followed by overreaction. Both sides blunder in ignorance in circumstances seldom of their own choosing. Few journalists have personal military experience, and thus the temptation to deploy in war the techniques and values of domestic peacetime journalism proves hard to resist. One instance of foolish hindsight has been the controversy over friendly fire casualties. These are a feature of every battle. British casualties from friendly fire in the Falklands were trivial by comparison with similar losses suffered by bombing and artillery during the Second World War and even the Gulf War. The Ministry of Defence has been criticised for concealing the circumstances of some such deaths from relatives. In previous wars, it has been judged humane to allow next of kin to suppose that their loved ones died by enemy action. This approach has nothing to do with a desire to cover up mistakes, but rather with intended kindness. This may no longer be a sustainable policy, but it is not an immoral one. The publication in 1993 of a sensational memoir by a former member of Three Para who saw service on Mount Longdon, alleging that Argentines had been wantonly shot by British troops, provoked a frightened Defence Secretary, Mr Malcolm Rifkind, into ordering a costly inquiry. Its report was passed to the Director of Public Prosecutions. After intense controversy, the DPP accepted Council's advice against charges for manslaughter. It was extraordinary that anyone, least of all a Tory cabinet minister, should ever have thought such charges appropriate. There was no suggestion of the Argentines taking action against any of their own veterans for alleged misbehaviour on the islands. Similar argument has surrounded the sinking of the Argentine cruiser Belgrano by the British submarine HMS Conqueror. This was pursued by many journalists and MPs, including notably Labour's Tam Diel. 
The British government lied in its initial explanation of the Belgrano's course when attacked. The ship was not directly threatening the British task force at the time. That deceit created the foundation on which an edifice of hostile comment has been built. Our view was, and remains, that the attack was justified. The two navies were at war, with the odds heavily favouring the Argentines. The sinking went some way to restoring the balance. Crucially, it drove the Argentinian carrier, the 25th of May, back into port for the duration of the war. At that point, the carrier's mere presence at sea constituted a major threat to the entire British operation. The government's problem was that it could not admit the full scale of the danger facing the task force. It had both to sustain a belief in British invincibility and yet to take every possible step to improve the odds. The enemy's navy and air force were deployed close to their home bases.